In today's show, we look back at the New York Knicks season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk about the Knicks. Really disappointing season. They obviously overperformed last year. Disappointing in the playoffs and just horrible this year. 37 and 45. They did probably hurt themselves towards the end, going a 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. But the damage was done. I don't know whether Tom Thibodeau is going to be back as coach. Maybe you know by now. I don't know. Um, His stubbornness definitely cost them, for sure. They're the 22nd best offense, 11th best defense, which, again, is credit to Tibbs to get him to that spot. But the stubbornness cost them plenty of games, I reckon. And they are better off, in my opinion, without him. Could be just me, though. Their offseason, obviously, is really intriguing as to what they're going to do. They have, at this point, the 11th pick, pre-lottery, and pick 42, both of their own selections. Tankathon projects projects Ty Ty Washington, point guard out of Kentucky. We know they love Kentucky players. And Max Christie with pick 42. They need help at point guard. Although, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. What does their books look like? What do their books look like? Taj Gibson's got a $5 million partial guarantee contract. He's 36. We know that Thibodeau is going to want him around. But credit to Tom that Taj was not a every night regular rotation guy. When Noel was healthy, it was Robinson and Noel. When Noel went down, Taj was the backup. And then at the end of the year, they played Sims over him. So while he loves him, He's not going to do the foolish stuff that some people will jokingly suggest. Oh, play Taj 30 minutes a night. No, he won't. Which is you know, credit to him. I try to be pretty fair in terms of my criticism of coaches. Maybe you think I'm not. But for him, Tom Thibodeau to get this team to 11th best defense is a credit to him. The fact that he was able to pivot slightly and not overly rely on guys like Taj Gibson is a credit to him. Plenty of other things are horrific, but they are credits to him. The big question in the offseason for this team is what to do with Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Well, more accurately, the question is, what does Mitch Robinson want to do? Because he's an unrestricted free agent. He's 23 years of age. He was paid $1.8 million last year. Now, if you can have criticisms of Robinson, injuries, fouls, all that stuff. I think he's horrendously used offensively, to be honest, in this, on this team. But he's worth more than $1.8 million. I think they would like to bring him back. It's going to cost money. 17 million, 18 million, three years, 50 plus. Why not? He's good enough to get that money somewhere. I will always bring it up. Charlotte would pay that money for him. He would be huge for that team. The Knicks don't have a great replacement for him. It's going to be an interesting scenario. The only other guy who's a free agent is Ryan Archer Jackano. 
the Jericho Sims is a two-way guy. I think they'd like to convert him. I thought he showed enough to be an NBA rotation guy, or at least a, a third-string center. And the other big question is, what do they do with Julius Randle? Who they signed to that extension, he's got four years left, three in a player option, 26, 28, 30, and $32 million. That's the player option year in 25, 26. He was bad this season. Not true. Worse this season than he was. He wasn't particularly good. But that All-NBA second team, which he didn't deserve last season, All-Star, yes, didn't deserve All-NBA second team, has definitely inflated the opinion. And Knicks fans have soured on him. Does he want out? Do they want to get rid of him? Let's ask this question. You can have your answer to this. Is the, does the team work better without Julius Randle? That's not saying, is Julius Randle a good player or is Julius Randle their best player? Does a team work better without him? And if you're not leaning towards yes, you're at least saying maybe. I don't think you can categorically say no. They have to have him to be a good team because of just the way that he plays. The shooting regression, back to everything he's done in his career, the complete lack of defense, the sourness, the complaining, the not hustling back, the boneheaded drives to the paint, the mid-range inefficiency, the fact that he needs the ball that much. Maybe you are better with someone who's worse, but fits on a team better. And that's the decision that Leon Rose has to make. He's got other decisions to make as well, like what do we do with Derek Rose and Evan Fournier and Alec Burks? And $9 million of Nerland's Noel. $9 million of Kemba Walker. This team's going to change. Like, you don't want to pay Noel 9 or Kemba 9. You probably don't want to pay Fournier 18. I don't think you're going to get rid of him. But what are you doing with Walker? What are you doing with Noel? What are you doing with Randall? A lot could change here. They jump up to number one pick in the lottery. I'll be pissing all these guys off. And really starting to build around the younger guys. But there's still a lot of question looks You don't want Noel Walker. Fournier. You don't want these guys around on that salary. There's a lot of unanswered questions about which direction they go. And I don't at this point, I don't know where they go with it. I know what I would try to do. But that's not necessarily what's going to happen or what this front office is going to decide is the best bet. But I do know that price picks is your best bet in daily fantasy. Because it is. Daily fantasy made easy. If you're looking for that daily fantasy option for the NBA, Price Picks is here for you. It doesn't just have to be NBA, though. You can combine Price Picks entries. We'll talk about what they are in a sec. You can combine them with other sports like Major League Baseball, the NHL playoffs, the NFL, when that's back. Put them all together. In Price Picks, you pick two to five players and you just go over under on their projections. Whether that's a points projection, threes made, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, whatever. You just go over under. And you can win up to 10 times your entry. Entries are easy. Under 60 seconds, they can be done. Payouts are fast and safe. And it's just super fun as well. I said, it's not just NBA. College sports, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, MMA, soccer, so much more. And for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer. You get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. But you must use the code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available for Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. 50 bucks for free. If a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's talk players now. Let's start with the double royal, Julius Randle. Now, his ADP was 28. I was cool on him. I said, I don't think that Julius Randle will repeat what he did. 
How does it work when you got to get replacing Barrett? No, sorry, Bullock and Payton with Walker and Fournier. You just won't have those assist opportunities or that usage opportunity. I don't buy you as a 40% three-point shooter. And it turns out I was still too high on him. He was the 62nd ranked player this season in category leagues. Um, in points leagues, 28th, much better. Average 40s fantasy points. Yeah, that, that's much better because you don't have to deal with his complete lack of steals and blocks and inefficiency issues as much in a points league. So he was bang on ADP. Although I believe the year before that, um, for points leagues, he was what, the 16th best player. So obviously disappointed there still. But what do those numbers look like? He averaged 35 minutes a game, so still huge. 20 points, 10 rebounds. Great. Good counting numbers. Five assists, pretty strong. I don't think you want him having five assists, but anyway. No steals, 0.7 and 0.5 blocks. 41 from the field, 76 from the line. Shot 31 from three. Really, the big change here in Randall's season where he went from 24 and 10. He, he did lose those points with Walker and Fournier coming in. He also played three fewer minutes per game. His assists went from 6 to 5. His field goals went from 46 to 41. And his free throws went from 81 to 76. And his three-pointers went from 41 to 31. Like I expected all, I expected his percentages to drop, just not by that much. True shooting went from 57 down to a putrid 51. His best role is not this. It's not 35 minutes a night being the number one guy on the offense for usage and passing. It's not. Well, that's best for him to put up numbers, but it's not best for your team to be successful. I don't think. His EPM was pretty bad. Negative 0.5. Well down on this team. Shot poorly from mid-range. Shot horribly at the rim. Shot badly from three. Not good from the free throw line. Defensively, he struggles. He rebounds well. That's fine. But he's not even in their top... Shit. He's the 16th ranked player on this team in terms of his Raptor. There are a few blokes there that barely played, like Ferron Hunt and Archer Jackano. But a negative 3.4... The only player worse than him was Cam Reddish. That's how negatively impactful Raptor thinks he was. His LeBron numbers are a negative. His um, Darko numbers, they're not strong. He just was a guy that did that thing where you put up 20 and 10. We're like, 20 and 10, boys, still 20 and 10. But the impact is just really bad. Like the The way that he dropped off this year was staggering. He was a negative 9.4 on off. And I know that the whole starting lineup sucked, but that's that's actually horrible. This contract is rough. For a team to use him successfully, it needs to dial back. Not the contract, that can't be dialed back. His usage, his minutes, his time on the ball, it needs to dial back. Here's a question for you. Will Julius Randle ever have a top 50 fantasy season again? It can happen. If he has the same role, 35 minutes, and instead of 41, he shoots 45, and instead of 1.73s, he shoots two a game, he'll be that easily. I reckon he has one more top 50, never top 20 or top 30, one more top 50 until the teams will just be like, we can't with this bloke. Like, I don't know what's what the positive nature of what he brings is. 20 and 10 is great, but not when it doesn't lead to winning. I was going to play the sound again, but we'll just get straight into talking about Mitchie Robinson. He's 24, unrestricted free agent, played 26 minutes, 
Only eight points, but almost nine boards, almost two blocks, 76 and 49. Now, you've got to punt Freddie throws. That's a horrific number. Horrific. He's really bad at that. But big field goals, big rebounds, big blocks. That's what he is. Three cat stud. Everything else is shit house. But I, I would pretend that you can actually give him more than 11% usage. That's an embarrassingly low number. Some of that's on him, but some of it's also on Tibbs. Why can't he run a 16% usage Rudy Gobert style? Why can't you look for him for lobs instead of spin move fadeaway mid-rangers that miss? Why can't you do that? The answer is you can on the, on the right team. So while we've seen Robinson hover around this area, you've got to be really careful where you draft him for foul trouble, which seems to be sort of eliminated from his game somewhat. If that usage goes to 15, this is instead of 8 and 8 or 9 and 9, it's 13 and 9 with two blocks on 70%. And that is top 75, top 50 punting free throws. He led the team in EPM, big defensive numbers, big EW, which is estimated wins, 76 E field goal percentage, which is 100 percentile, finish at the rim amazingly. Just doesn't get used enough. There is room for that to improve. Advanced numbers, huge. Like, really big. His Darko leads the team. Like, real upside value in him, in being an impact player. Negative 3.9 on off, which, again, when you compare him to the other starters, it's actually pretty good. It's just, will we ever see that usage jump? Go to 28 minutes, get me 13 and 9, two blocks, 76. It's a winner. I'm not off on him at all. Would I ever want him to be a 31-minute-a-night center? Absolutely not. A 20% usage guy? Get out of here. But 11% is bullshit. And there's plenty of room for him to be better than that. It's just going to take the right team, right coach. Watch him. His growth has not finished, I don't think. Amazingly, they only had one top 100 player. That was Randall. Their third-ranked player on a per-game basis. Robinson also 110th in points leagues. Their third-ranked player in a, in a category league was Derek Rose. He's 33 years of age. He played 25 minutes, averaged 12, 3, and 4. 0.8 steals. What did he do that was actually any good? Well, there's not really that much, is there? The assists are pretty good at 4. That's really it. Everything else, and the free throws at 97%. One attempt per game, but 97%. Derek Rose is a really solid sixth man. The passing is nice. He's improved his shooting. He shot 40% from 3 again. He's really worked on that, and it's worked out well. He led the team in Raptor by a significant margin. I don't really believe that his Raptor is that good defensively. I don't fully buy that. But most of the other metrics have him as a positive on that end as well. I think all of them might do, in fact. Uh, LeBron has him as a slight negative, which makes a little bit more sense. But he's sort of just fitting into this role. The problem is, is we know this, you cannot trust him to stay healthy. Ankles, knees, it's just never going to happen. I his knee has that actually even been a problem lately. It's just been ankle surgery for the last three or four years, I think. We can't trust that. We can't trust him to play. He was a plus 7.2 on off. He's very, very useful for them. But the problem is, is that the upside is not top 100. He doesn't play half. He played 26 games. He doesn't play enough. He's older. The minutes are low. You can't do anything fantasy-wise. But again, he was very, very good on this team. He was very good. Let's talk about another guard. Alec Berg. 132nd ranked player. 
31, 31 years of age, 29 minutes, 12, 5, and 3, a steal, two threes. Shot horrifically, 39%, but 40% from three. Shot 53% of his shots from deep and had a true shooting of 56. Another one is indications that, hey, the overall field goal percentage is not a complete indicator of how how he, how he efficient he was. And that's why we should get rid of field goal percentage as a category in fantasy. At least replace it with E field goal percentage, where he was, Berksy was, 50th percentile. His finishing at the rim is an actual embarrassment. 41%. That's horrific. 35% shooting on mid-range is horrific. At least he hit his threes. His assist numbers were pretty strong, but Alec Burks is not your start, not a starting point guard. And they had to they used him in that for for way too long and played him gigantic minutes. He gave us fantasy value, but you shouldn't be relying upon that. Look, Raptor, fourth best player on the team behind Rose Quickly and Robinson. EPM, fifth best behind those guys and Obi Toppin at 1.2. He was actually outside of that bad field goal percentage, which looks rough. Every advanced stat loves what he did. Everyone loves him. Even his on-off was a plus 6.6, despite starting as many games as he did. So while we can shit on Alec Burks, and I did plenty of times, not because of him, but because of the role that Thibodeau would put him in, he was actually really impactful, and he's been a positive player for two plus years now, like really solid. I don't know where he goes at age 31, and does he play 29 minutes a game next year? Like, fuck, I hope not. Not because of who he is as a player, but it makes no sense for this franchise. And that's what you'd be worried about. Ivan Fournier, the diseased scrotum, 165th ranked player. He's about to he's going to turn 30 in six months. He played 80 games, 30 minutes a night. That's the worry. You're starting for Thibodeau and you can't get to 30. That's how bad you are. 14 points. He hit three threes. Great numbers. Two rebounds, two assists, half a steal. No, not half a steal. My bad. One steal. 42 and 71. Didn't hit his free throws for whatever reason. In a points league, he was, what, 160th. Like, they're not 12-team league players. Fournier was a significant defense. Like, he just dropped off defensively massively. He wasn't good at all on that end. Um, His Raptors, middle of the pack. He couldn't finish at the rim 51%. That's really bad. Rebounds, non-existent. Ideally, he's a he's a backup guard. Ideally, if I'm this team, without any free agent maneuverings, or you know, assuming that Kemba's not coming back, I'm just starting quickly in Burks. Burks is better as a two. And you have quickly as the point guard, or those guys interchange, and you don't want Fournier out there, but he'll come back in as that. But is the upside actually high enough for us to care in fantasy? I don't think so. He's going to be 30 soon. I think that that time of him being maybe a top 100 guy, look, if he ends up being a top 100 guy and you don't draft him, like I don't think it matters. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Negative 6.7 on-off is obviously really bad. Um, he can be better than what he was, but it was a stark drop-off and really struggled for most of this season. We want to talk struggle, Kemba Walker. 32, played 37 games, 26 minutes a night. Real hoopers will tell you that he can still hoop. They'll be lying, but they can tell you that he can still hoop. He... I thought there was hope for him this year as a yeah, late pick in the hundreds. They'd give him the good minutes. Not good, 30 a night because his knee can't handle it, but his knees couldn't handle it. And when he was out there, he, he was just terrible. Some of that is whatever it is over here that Julius Randle is doing. It's very hard to play with whatever that nonsense is. But 11 points on 40%, 
0.7 steals, three and a half assists. He still shot the ball well from the line. 37% from three. He just struggled. His advanced numbers aren't horrific. They're not great, but they're not... Defensively, they're horrific. They're not great, but they're not disastrous. Like They're probably better than Julius Randle's in most cases. But I don't know where he goes from here. The drop-off on his Darko chart is out of control. It's so, so stark how bad he became in that projection system. He has a negative 13 net rating. That's horrific. I I will put a line through Kemba as ever being a 12-team relevant player. I don't know what they do with him. One more year at 9 million. Do they just stretch him? Do they find anywhere to trade him to? Is he an 18-minute a night backup from now on? It seems like a sad way to go out, but I talked about this a couple of days ago talking about the Pelicans. Small, undersized point guards who are getting older. Watch out. CJ McCollum. CJ is not Kemba. They're different players. But CJ is older. He's smaller. Multiple lower body injuries. A drop-off can come hard. And it's something to really worry about. And it's come for Kemba. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sports needs and betting stats. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the basketball playoffs and Major League Baseball season. You won't be finding the Knicks there, but maybe you can find out Knicks' odds for the championship the following season. They should be pretty high. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. If you want parts for your car, there's so many makes and models of cars now. It's impossible for a bloke at a store, bricks and mortar, to carry all those parts. He'll just have the ones that his warehouse tells him to carry. And he's going to charge you more money for it. What an embarrassing situation. You can just go straight to rockauto.com, an online family business serving auto parts customers for 20 plus years. Whether it's brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you need for your car or truck. And the easy way to find out is just go to rockauto.com. Check out the catalog. Check out everything that's there. Check out the prices. They're going to blow your socks off. And when you're there and put everything into your cart in there, how did you hear about us box? Right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Um, we still haven't gotten to two important players because they were down the fantasy ranks. We'll get to them in a sec. Nerlens Noel. 185th ranked player, played 22 minutes, 25 games, 28 minutes a night. He's, I, I, I think his body's rooted. I'm really worried about him. Yes, he can still be a useful contributor. He averaged 1.2 steals and 1.2 blocks. That's really good. But three points, six rebounds. He's, if he stays healthy, he's a very good backup center. Uh, you can't trust that. He will have moments. I am sure next year, he's 28, by the way. He will have moments next year where he has a little top 90, top 80 run. He plays 24 minutes and he blocks two shots and has two steals. You go, ah, Nolan's Noel's back. And then he'll get hurt again. That's just how his body is at this point, unfortunately. Offensively, he was a, an impact stat disaster. Like just re- really bad, but defensively great. He also had 7% usage, which feels actually impossible. Like how do you have 7%? And part of that is again, Tom Thibodeau's offense is centers, please get out of the way. Even though you can't, physically get out of the way because you can't space the floor at all. Just clog everything up, but never touch it. Offensive genius? Maybe not. 
Noel still has something to offer if he could stay healthy. I just, you can't have faith in that. You, you can't at all. And we should never draft him in 12-team fantasy leagues. Now it's time to crack into some very interesting options. Big Emmanuel quickly. It's embarrassing to look at what quickly did for the course of the season versus what happened at the end of the season. It's embarrassing. Because he was the 191st ranked player in category leagues. He's 183rd in points leagues, averaging 21 points. He played 23 minutes a night. 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3.5 assists. I don't think he blocked a single shot all year. 39% and 88. That's, that's not great efficiency, 39%. True shooting of 54, not great either. What quickly did over the last 13 games of the season? 17, 5, and 6. 42 and 81, shooting 37% from 3. Over the last 25 games, 16, 5, and 5, a steal. 45 and 85, true shooting of 61. Why Tom Thibodeau would not give this guy starters minutes when you're benching Kemba and you're starting Alec, I'm sorry, kids, Alec fucking Burks, that's fireable. I don't give a fuck what he says. It's ridiculous that he wasn't given these minutes. And if they don't enter the season either with a huge point guard upgrade or him starting, he should be fired immediately. I don't think he's the greatest long-term prospect at all. Last four games, 21, 7, and 9, 1.3 steals in 35 minutes. Now, is that realistic for Tom Thibodeau's team to play your point guard starting point guard 35 minutes? Yeah. Now, the 27 usage, probably not because Randall wasn't there. Barrett was also hurt in some of those games. But shit, like, there's a top 100, top 70, top 60 player in here very easily. I guess who was second on this team in Raptor? Oh, it's Emmanuel Quickly. Oh, guess who was second on this team in EPM? Oh, guess what? It was Emmanuel Quickly. Guess who led this team in LeBron? Oh, guess what? It was Emmanuel Quickly. Guess who's second on this team in Darko? Fuck, guess what? Emmanuel Quickly. Guess who's on-off was plus 13.8? Emmanuel Quickly. There is not one number, impact-wise, or even when given the opportunity, we can go, nah, he's got to play just 22 a night, mate. That's all. That's all he can handle. I am not the biggest fan of him. As a player, I don't think he's going to be this future all-star. But holy shit, look at this roster. What have you done, Tom? It's got to happen next year. I don't want to make too many early predictions, but he'll be drafted in the top 100, absolutely bloody rightfully so. And he has real top 50, Darius Garland leap, Jar Morant leap. Not to that level, but fantasy-wise, where Jar was outside the top 100 and became top 50, Garland was like 80th and became top 30. Like 50, 60, 100 spot leap is real possible for quickly. Every indicator is massively in his favor, apart from the coach. Um, let's talk about Rowan Barrett. Rowan Barrett was the 208th ranked player in category leagues. I don't need you, you don't need me to tell you that that's actually terrible. In points leagues, he was 72nd, averaging 32 points. What's the disconnect? Glad you asked. Rowan Barrett played 35 minutes. He averaged 20 points. That's a good start, isn't it? Two threes, pretty solid. Six rebounds, not bad. Three assists, okay. Steals, never heard of her. 0.6 of them. Blocks, what's that? 0.2. Efficiency, get the fuck out of here. 
41 from the field, 71 from the line, 34 from three. True shooting of 51%. Horribly inefficient on very big usage is not a good player. Knicks fans love him. Oh, so many, not many 21-year-olds can average 20 points. That is true. He has been given a lot of minutes and he has taken big steps forward. He has improved a lot. There is no denying that. Future All-NBA player? I really doubt it. Future All-Star? Maybe. Future Top 50 Fantasy player? I can't see it how it happens. Is he going to start getting in big rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goals, and free throws? Because he needs to do all of that. Impact stats? Didn't like him. Negative 1.5 Raptor. That's not good. Negative 1.4 EPM. It's also not very good. Negative 0.87 LeBron. Guess what? Also not good. Darko, negative 0.8. Actually worse than where he was at the end of last season. Concerning. Negative 8 on off. Bad. Did he take some steps forward this season? Yeah, because he averaged 20 points per game and last year he averaged 18. But lost a lot of efficiency. Worse from the field, worse from the line. Worse from three. Fewer steals and blocks. And this is the problem. Steals and blocks, non-existent. Assists, low. Rebounds, low. Three-point volume, low. Efficiency, low. Just a bad category league player. You've got to be punting so many different things and have such a specific structure around him for it to make sense. I think Emmanuel Quickly is a better fantasy prospect long-term than RJ Barrett. I think Mitchell Robinson clearly is. I think Obi Toppin might be. Talk about him later. Let's talk Cam Reddish, who was traded to the Knicks for a first-round pick. And then Thibodeau said, I'm not playing you. And I'm a little bit torn here because I don't think Cam Reddish is that good. And a lot of people will be like, you know, what a, what a ball or what a hooper. He's great, just needs a chance. Like, I, I don't see it with Reddish at all. He's horribly inefficient. He had a real hot streak at the start of the year. Defensively, he sucks. I don't see him as a future NBA starter. So I sympathize with Tom Thibodeau not playing him. Because I go, yeah, okay, he's not worth it. But the team was struggling. They were terrible. They just traded... Why is your front office and head coach not on the same page? I think, to me, one of the most important things you need to have in an organization is the front office. And I'm probably going to go a little bit long on this show, but it's important to note. Your front office and your head coach need to be on the same page. They need to be. Hey, Tom, we're going to try bring this guy in. We think he's worth something. Um, we're going to need you to play him. We're going to have the same ideas. And if he says, no, we've, I'm not playing him. I don't care that you gave a first-round pick. I'm not playing him. You need to fire him immediately. Not because Cam Reddish is a star. Not because Cam Reddish is this great prospect. None of that. Because if he does not align with what you believe, then you are going nowhere. You need to fire him. I'm not saying that the front office needs to control what the coach does at all. The coach has to have their decisions. But you've got to be on the same fucking wavelength. You can't be this detached where Toppen plays 12 minutes and quickly plays 20 minutes and Reddish doesn't play when your team's 10, 15 games below 500. You need to just fire him immediately because of that. In saying that, Reddish isn't good. I don't think he's very good and I don't think he's a great option or anything like that. His advanced stats were rough again. His inefficiency is bad again. I don't have faith in him as a long-term player at all. And I wouldn't have given up a first-round pick for him. I think that's stupidity. 
but it's about alignment. Let's talk Obert Toppin. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. You're going to hear a little bit about Obi-Wan because there's some real interesting stuff here. Nine and four. That's not good, is it? 53 and 76. That's okay. Half a block, not bad. But of course, what we're going to remember with Obi Toppin is the fact that when Julius Randle went out, he went bananas. But if Tom Thibodeau is in charge and Julius Randle's on this team, it's just not going to happen for Obi again next year. I, 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 I would applaud him. But I highly doubt that Thibodeau is going to say, you know what, boys? Randall, you're coming off the bench. You're playing 12 minutes. Obi's playing 37. In Obi's 10 starts, he averaged 20 and 7, over two and a half threes, 0.7 steals, 0.8 blocks, three assists, 57 and 82. There's some come down coming there for sure, Giggity. 44% from three and 67 from two. He's not going to stick that. Last four games of the year, 29 and 7, four and a half triples. Yes, insane shooting numbers. Don't suck in, Giggity onto the ranks of where he was at the end of the year because it's coming on insane, like 69 efficiency. Like it's not going to stick. The minutes aren't going to stick. The usage is not going to stick most likely. But there were flashes there. I still worry about him a lot defensively. No more so than I worry about Julius Randle defensively. But I worry about him defensively. Toppin is, of course, older. We know this. He is, what, 24? He's 24. So he's, not, he's not super old, but he's 24 still. But the opportunity is not going to come unless Randall's gone. I, I got, again, I just cannot see them benching Randall for Toppin or 24-minute apiecing them. I don't see it happening. So while based on this, even this year, he was somehow drafted with an ADP of 138, which made no sense. I think we might be stuck in the same spot where he just doesn't get the opportunity. He's advanced stats, by the way. All great. All great. Third in, in LeBron. Fourth in EPM. His Raptor wasn't quite as good. 11th on the team there. Darko. Pretty strong. Fourth. Took some big steps forward. I worry a little bit about his overall fantasy upside because of the lack of steals and blocks, but his ability to improve his efficiency and improve his assists, it's one to watch depending on what the moves they make are. It's one to watch. After that, there's a couple of guys we probably need to talk about here. Quentin, I'm not going to talk Taj Gibson. Let's talk Grimesy. 45 games for Quentin, 22 years of age, 17 minutes, 6 points, 2 rebounds. thought he played pretty well when he was out there. Fantasy-wise, we didn't get to see a huge amount, but defensively, the impact stuff for him was very impressive. Um, he's clearly ahead of Cam Reddish in terms of where he is on the court defensively. There's still a lot of issues with him shooting-wise. 40% uh, total. 38% from three is good, but low volume and didn't hit his free throws, which gives you some worry. But I thought he did enough to be a wing rotation player with a little bit of upside. Jericho Sims, 13 minutes, 2 points, 4 rebounds, 0.5 blocks. When he was given an opportunity, he showed that he could do it. I think he should be their full-time, or they should find a way to make him their full-time backup center over Noel next year. There was enough there for me to get interested in what he provided. He's not great. But defensively, I thought he showed enough. And the, the rate of improvement from Jericho Sims should get us marginally excited that he was able to improve as much as he did over the course of the season. So there's something there. And the other guy I do like who really didn't give us anything was Juice McBride. Nine minutes a game, two points, shot under 30%. Like all of that is really rough. It's, it's quite bad. His advanced numbers are quite bad in most of them. LeBron though, likes him. And LeBron's one of those stats, one of those advanced stats that when looks at guys in limited minutes tries to not elevate them too high and elevate them too low. It's all regularized. I can't remember what the exact term is. 
But you'll see that there were some sites where, hey, they played so few minutes and they shot 30% that we drop him way down. LeBron doesn't quite do that. So he's sort of in the middle there and actually came in rated ahead of Noel, Derek Rose, Kemba Walker, RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier. That's Juice McBride. I think he... You want to talk about Jose Alvarado? You want to talk about Patrick Beverly? There is a career like that for Juice around. Might not get there, but he's someone that in a very deep dynasty format, stock is very low. I actually like him more as a fantasy prospect than Grimes even though Grimes is already entrenched in a rotation, I think. I think McBride's got a little bit more uh, push there. A little bit more juice. Pun unintended. He was a plus 16.4 on-off as well. I don't need to talk about Ferron Hunt or Archer Jackano. And I reckon we're done. There's a lot to talk about with this team. Let me know what you thought. Drop it in the comments below. Follow this podcast as well on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.